So hi everyone and welcome to the We Localise podcast where we feed our curiosity and talk about the most important and challenging topics on language, localisation, translation, AI and much more helped along by a wide variety of guests. I'm Louise Law, your We Localise host and in this episode I'm joined by Stephen Carter who is a patent attorney and has been for over 20 years. Stephen is the founder of the company The Intellectual Property Works which provides global IP consulting for firms, especially technology startups. Thanks, Stephen, for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks for having me on, Louise. It's uh, great to be here. Today, we're going to talk about the role technology and AI plays in, in global patent journey, as well as the role of translation as well. How AI and translation tools can help attorneys manage their international patent portfolio and just harness AI to, to increase efficiency and drive down costs. But before we get into it, Stephen, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, how you got into to law and, and, and your journey as a, as a patent attorney? As you said, I've been in this game for over 20 years now. I think it's coming up 27 or 28 years. I'm feeling old. And, and I got into it. I mean, I, so I did an engineering degree at university and I did a master's that was more software related. And I got to the towards the end of that and thought, what am I going to do? And I, I stumbled across patent attorney as a profession. And well, the rest is history, I guess. Yeah, I, I did the traditional patent attorney thing for just over 20 years in a couple of um, London based law firms. And then uh, nearly five years ago now, decided to, to try something different and left that kind of large law firm world. Um, and set up my own IP consultancy business. I guess really, and really that was about getting me back to the work that I love, which is working with the smaller businesses, helping them look at IP strategy more generally. So yeah, and having a lot of fun doing that now. IP is everywhere. And, you know, most of us, especially those of us that don't work in, in the legal profession, we, we just don't realise it. And you recently shared a story about IP and rugby balls, so a, a common day object and and how AI has now been introduced into the design of, of rugby balls. Could you share us, tell us a little bit more about that? I thought that was a, a really good story. Yeah, I mean, and you're, you're right. I mean, IP is everywhere around us. And you know, I think we're getting to the point where AI is everywhere around us these days as well. Yeah. That was a story from the BBC News, I think is where I picked it up, but it, it caught my eye. And partly because I've done some IP work in relation to rugby balls in the past, okay. more traditional IP work around the way the valves work and that sort of thing. Yeah, the, the latest balls um, that they were using in the Six Nations incorporate sensors and, and use AI to, to track the path of the ball, to see what speed it's going. So given that kind of added layer of, I guess, performance analysis for the players and the coaches, but also, I guess, potentially bringing a more kind of immersive experience to the to the viewers as well. So I think, yeah, we're seeing a lot of that in the sports world where the broadcasters want to layer on more information on top of the on top of the regular yeah. um, television broadcast. Another layer of complexity to the patent attorney that has to um, <laughs> yes. has to introduce that that level of technology into the patents. We're here to talk about patents and, and language and patents are all about language. You know, it's all about getting the language right, making sure it's it's accurate. And if you're managing an international patent portfolio, translation is a really key part of the workflow. I know that, you know, you've worked with us in the past and, and that you've worked with a lot of patents that require protection in multiple countries and jurisdictions. And we all know that patent attorneys that, you know, they're legal practitioners, they're not translation or, you know, multilingual or localization experts. Could you share some of your experiences when you've been working with patents and the role of translation in the overall patent journey? So yeah, as you say, I mean, over the years, I've managed quite a number of large international portfolios of patents. So that kind of that language piece, that translation piece is a big element of that. 
But actually, I think one that as the patent attorney, we sort of forget about sometimes and maybe don't pay enough attention to. But the way I look at it, I think there's, you know, there's different, there's different scenarios where you need translations. And I think there's different levels of, of risk attached to those scenarios. Mm-hmm. So I guess, you know, at, at the kind of most important end is where you're taking an English language application and you want to file that in a country where English is not the language you can file in. Mm-hmm. And so the original application that's going to be filed in that country needs to be a translation. And in that case, it, it needs to be a really accurate translation. And, and I guess sometimes not just not necessarily just a word for word translation in that scenario, because you, what you want it to do is to convey the same technical meaning, technical understanding. So it's really yeah. important that you have translators that have that technical understanding as well, that technical yeah. background. And, and I guess, you know, at the other other end of the spectrum, you've got translations of prior art, so translations of documents that examiners at patent offices have cited against your application. And there, often it's enough just to get a, a reasonable understanding of what that document is trying to tell you. And I guess, you know, a, a less accurate translation or the, the risk of the translation being wrong is not as high. And then, you know, and then there's other other scenarios in between. But I think, I say, on, on the whole, I think as patent attorneys, we don't necessarily step back and think about those levels of risk. And, and at the end of the day, the translation element of a patent portfolio can be a big cost element for the, yeah. for the client. Um, so thinking about the most you know, efficient way to get a translation that's good enough for each scenario, I think is quite important and is something that as, as patent attorneys, we ought to probably think about more than perhaps we do. It's interesting what you say is like when you're working with content in a patent application, it's do you need it to be absolutely completely accurate or do you just need a reasonable understanding of of that and that's where we're in a position where a lot of law firms and corporate councils they're looking to AI enabled tools and machine translation to help the whole translation flow to help keep costs down to help reams and reams of content to help being able to, to translate that without actually using human translators or as we know a lot of the times it's using machine translation with post-editing so you know getting people to post-edit the machine you know the output what what would you say are the are the ups and downs of working with machine translation in legal work so is it something that patent attorneys or anyone any legal legal practitioner do they embrace that technology it's a good question and I think probably if you'd asked me that question five years ago I would have said there was a lot of reluctance to embrace machine translation and you know a lot of People didn't trust it, I guess, basically. Whereas I think asking that question today as you are, I think as a profession, we're kind of much more prepared to embrace those kind of technologies and Mm. and particularly being more kind of customer or client focused, recognising the savings, cost savings that can come about with that while still ensuring the accuracy. And and I think, yeah, you you make a really good point about having the human in the loop. I think certainly where we are today, with machine translation and AI, I think that's still a really important factor that you need. I don't think, you know, personally, I don't think I would trust, certainly for those more important translations where you're translating an application and you, you want to know it's right. I'm not at that level of confidence yet where I'd trust a machine translation or you know, an AI um, translation system do the full job. I want to know there's some human, you know, well-qualified <laughs> human eyes looking at it and making sure that it is as accurate as I, as I need it to be. Absolutely. We certainly can't talk about AI without talking about 
the, the rise of generative AI. There's so much talk at the moment about AI language models like ChatGPT and, and BARD. And, and I know people, including myself, you know, were, were scrambling to test them to say, OK, how can this help me? How can it create efficiency? In the, the situation we're talking today about, you know, in the legal world, you know, could it reduce costs? Could it mean that we just help out with the whole translation process? And I think in the world of law, this AI tools like ChatGPT probably raise a whole host of new issues. Um, are these rapid developments with with these kind of tools are they a blessing or a curse for attorneys probably a bit of both if i'm honest yeah. and, and i think also maybe the more important question is are they a blessing or a curse for our clients of course yeah and, and probably on the whole yeah i'd like to think they're a, they're a blessing or they're kind of a, a blessing in waiting maybe because i think that the potential for using this kind of technology to to streamline and make the whole patent application process um, more efficient I think, yeah, I think it's going to happen. I was playing around with ChatGPT myself the other day. I was using it in a scenario where it didn't matter too much and I was going to check the results. But it, but it is kind of a useful, uh, it was a useful reminder for me that the state of it's at at the minute, you shouldn't necessarily be trusting it. Because I was, I was preparing a presentation for a group of med tech companies that I was going to be presenting to. And I thought, I'll just ask ChatGPT for some sort of suggestions of recent pattern filings in the space okay. and that sort of thing. And it very confidently came back with a nice list of, of patents giving me patent numbers and a brief description of what those patents covered um, mm. and then when i went to check them in the patent databases the numbers that it gave didn't match the descriptions at all and, and i think that sort of highlights the danger which is that not not that it gets things wrong because i think we all expect it's not necessarily going to be right the whole time but it was as if you like it was kind of the, the very confident way that it gave the answers Sure. kind of you know believe them itself and i think that's that's the issue but i think there are ways you can build safeguards around that and i think you know clearly that the chat gpt interface that that we've got access to you know, easily access to mm. is a very generic interface i think if you yeah. if you're taking that kind of technology and you're applying it to a specific scenario and you can build in the right sort of safeguards around that then it becomes a much more useful tool I do quite a lot of work in, in the med tech space and digital health space. And you see the same sort of thing with AI and the application of AI in that space, where it's okay. all about understanding the risks and being able to understand what the consequences of, of the AI getting it wrong is. Mm. And then yeah, build, building in the bumpers down, down, oh, the, yeah, yeah. down the side yeah. of the road so that you, yeah. you don't go off track too far and, and cause someone some harm. So, yeah, so, and I think the same applies in, in the pattern space. So long as we understand what the limitations are, yeah. And we can build the right bumpers around around it, then it's going to be a super useful technology. As you say, balance the risk and the consequences. And the benefits will outweigh the risk of this kind of generative AI. It's just going to get better and better, isn't it? So it's never going to be replaced, but it's kind of that using it, keeping the human in the loop alive, you know, as you, and as you say, sort of factoring in the bumpers and how to protect certain areas. Just overall, um, you know, before we wrap up, what are some of the main trends happening in the, the patent and the ip world you know we've talked a bit about ai you know what else is happening you know from a global point of view in in, in ip so i think ai is going to be something that we see more and more and more of there, there was some interesting stuff on linkedin i was looking at recently where there's a an attorney who's playing around with what is possible with the sort of chat gpt type stuff and you know, he's, he's built some tools that he's playing with to help streamline you know reporting objections from examiners and also to help streamline draft okay. descriptions so def definitely i think we're going to see more of that more generally i mean yeah we're, we're clearly in an economic downturn you do see clients tightening their belts i guess being more 
selective about which cases they take forward in in lots of countries bearing in mind that you know again we talked about before the translation costs but i think that's also where you know some of the advances in translation that we've talked about really come into play because if you can cover the same number of of countries and and translation being a big element of the cost if you can if you can do that in a more efficient cost-effective way then it allows the clients to tighten their belts but still get the geographical yeah they want. so i think that's I'm not, I'm not sure we'll ever go back i mean you, you've seen this before i think where economic situations cause clients to tighten their belts and the the profession responds to that but those belts never really get loosened again people you know people like being a little bit skinnier and and yeah and they want to stay there and they want to push you for yeah. more to be more efficient and in the way you work and again i think that's where these kind of developments in ai are going to come into play it'll just take augment almost you know what 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 they're working yeah. on everything. i think that's right and yeah you know, i think as a profession we're just going to have to respond to that and be more efficient and recognize where particularly sort of on the administrative side of things and the, and the more repetitive actions we'll get to a point where machines will do that better than we can and certainly more efficient yeah. which yeah you know, for me is a good thing because i you know it means we can focus on on frankly the more interesting juicy stuff which is actually yeah. working with the businesses to help them put the right strategy in place and understand what the you know, scope of the claim should be and those kind of things so do you have a favourite patent or invention that you kind of really think is cool? Gosh, I've worked on a lot of really, what I think is really cool stuff. I mean, yeah. know, I'm a bit of a geeky nerd because that's what I've been saying at the end of the day. But what, I mean, one of the ones that, that that I've worked on in the past that I've seen, I guess, make the biggest difference in the world which to me makes it really cool is a, a retinal implant so this was kind of a, a west coast us startup business that i was doing working really closely with and they had a basically had a device that gave some sight back to people that couldn't see at all hearing some of the if you like some of the sort of reviews from patients that had the implant and the impact and the effect it had in their life was yeah incredible amazing so it's, yeah, great to have been involved in that sort of thing no that sounds good very worthwhile Stephen, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really, really interesting chatting to you and good luck with with everything and and the business and everything like that. And um, thanks again for coming to to talk to us. Thanks, Louise. It's been been a pleasure. Enjoyed our chat.